For I've had enough of this world and its pleasures. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. I will arise and go forth to the house of my father. I will arise and go forth to the house of my young. House of my young. Shalom, and welcome to today's teaching on the Hebraic roots of Christianity, where we study first century Christianity and the faith that Jesus, whose Hebrew name is Yeshua, which means salvation, taught his disciples. And now, Hebraic roots teacher Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries International. Shalom. I'm Eddie Chumney of Hebraic Heritage Ministries, and we welcome you to today's teaching on the subject, Sukkot, the season of our joy. This is part three of the series. The gathering together, the outcasts of Israel, is the building up of Zion. You ever heard it taught that Yeshua could come at any time? He's only got to come when he builds up Zion. Because when he builds up Zion, then he appears in his glory. Jeremiah chapter 30 verse 17 says, For I will restore health unto you, and I will heal you of your wounds, because they called you an outcast, saying, This is Zion which no man seeks after. So when he gathers his people, the world is going to say about his people that they are an outcast. And nobody in the world wants to follow after these people, the outcasts. So we have to be an outcast in the earth, and that's when the, the God of Israel says, oh, nobody cares about you? I do. Let me show the world how much I care about you and I love my people. I'm going to heal you of your wounds when they call you an outcast. Going back to the principle in Torah, which is stated by Moses Nachmanides in his commentary on the Torah in the introduction to Exodus, he states once again that all the events that happened to the forefathers were symbolic occurrences in indicating and foretelling all that was destined to come upon their descendants. So looking at Genesis and seeing how the events that happened historically are future prophecies, we have in Genesis a rift between Joseph and his brothers. That is a prophetic foreshadowing of the division between Northern Kingdom and Southern Kingdom. And the Torah anthology to book one of the twelve prophets in commenting about Amos in chapter 9 on page 459 it says, the story of Joseph and his brothers, Genesis chapter 38 through 50, is not an unfolding of chance events. Every detail stemmed from God and served his purpose. For the Almighty unfolded that the deeds of the fathers are assigned for their descendants. The conflicts between Joseph and his brothers were an indication regarding the future splitting of the kingdom of Israel into the kingdom of Judah and the kingdom of Ephraim, son of Joseph. When later Joseph made himself known to his brothers, the reconciliation which ensued, Genesis 45, alludes to a future time. That which historically is recorded alludes to a future time when the two kingdoms, northern kingdom and southern kingdom, will reunite into a single nation. Looking at Amos chapter 9 verse 11, it says, In that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up its breaches. I will raise it up and I will build it as in the days of old. The commentary to this from the Torah anthology says, Amos speaks prophetically about the messianic redemption. God will raise 
brings up the tabernacle of David that is falling. This refers to the calamity of the kingdom splitting in two in the days of Jeroboam, 1 Kings chapter 12, verse 13, as of them and until the time of Hosea, son of Elah, 2 Kings chapter 17, the kingdom of the house of David had fallen. The scripture compares Jerusalem in the reigning dynasty of David to a tabernacle, literally a temporary hut such as used by shepherds. David had been the monarch who shepherded the people of Israel. 1 Samuel chapter 16 verse 11 and Ezekiel 34 verse 23. Raising up the tabernacle of David is the restoration of both houses of Israel or the end of the exile of Jacob. Reading from the Torah and to Amos 9 verse 11 on page 457 it says in that day I will raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen this refers to the divine presence or the Shekinah or the glory of God which hovers protectively over her children but at the outset it is fallen so notice the return of the exiles is associated with the God of Israel dwelling with his people that is raising up the tabernacle of David David that is falling. It is associated with the restoration of both houses of Israel and it's also associated with the return of the glory of God because when he redeems his people he brings them to Zion. Zion's the end of the journey. At the end of the journey he dwells with his people which is the purpose of creation. The northern kingdom historically was taken captive by the Assyrians. In 2 Kings chapter 15 verse 29 it is written In the days of Pekah king of Israel came Tiglot Pileser king of Assyria and took Ehon and mentions various cities and Gilead and Galilee and all the land of Naphtali and carried them captive to Assyria. The southern kingdom was taken captive by the Babylonians. 2 Kings 24 verse 10 and 2 Kings 24 verse 15 is written. At that time the servants of Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon came up against Jerusalem and the city was besieged and he carried away Jehoiakim to Babylon and the king's mother and the king's wives and his officers and the mighty men of the land. Those carried he into captivity from Jerusalem to Babylon. So now we have the house of Jacob being exiled into the nations of the world. Sukkot is about the completing of a task. What is the task? To regather the exiles who've been scattered. That's the task. That task will be completed and it's associated with Sukkot. Sukkot is associated with the Messianic era. So the task of the servants of the God of Israel is restoring the tabernacle of David. David. In Amos chapter 9 verse 11 it says, In that day will I raise up the tabernacle of David that is fallen and close up the breaches thereof and I will raise up his ruins and I will build it as in the days of old. Now understanding that this is the task is the restoration of the tabernacle of David. Now let's understand Acts chapter 15 and an insight as to what they were seeing and what they made reference to. It says in Acts 15 verse 14 Simeon, that is Peter, has declared how God at the first did visit the Gentiles to take out of them a people for his name. And to this agree the words of the prophets as it is written. After this I will return and will build again the tabernacle of David which is fallen and I will build again the ruins and I will set it up. So if the return and the building again of the tabernacle of David is the ingathering of the exiles those here in Acts chapter 15 are seeing
seeing that those who are coming to faith is a part of the fulfillment to regather the exiles of Israel. Sukkot is a festival of ingathering. It's a harvest festival. Exodus chapter 23 verse 14 and then verse 16 says, Three times you shall keep a feast unto me in the year. At the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labors which you have sown in the field, in the feast of ingathering which is at the end of the year. Now look what the feast of ingathering is. It's when you've gathered in your labors out of the field. Gathered is the return of the exiles. Your labors, that's the servants of the God of Israel who's going out to get the exiles because they're in the field, which is the nations of the world. That is Sukkot in the festival of ingathering. In Matthew chapter 13 verse 36 from 38 and 39, Yeshua told us that the harvest is the end of the age and the field is the world. Then Yeshua sent the multitude away and went into the house and his disciples came unto him saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. Matthew 13 verse 38 and 39 he says, The field is the world. When you've gathered the labors out of your field, that's the world. The good seed is the children of the kingdom that are gathered. The children of the kingdom, that is the house of Jacob, they are the good seed that you harvest from the world. But the tares are the children of the wicked one, those who try to prevent this from happening. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, the end of the exile of Jacob. And the reapers are the angels. Now you can render this word angels as a messenger. And who are the reapers? Who's the ones that go out to bring in the harvest? The servants of the God of Israel. So in context, this probably should be translated as the reapers are the servants of the God of Israel or the messengers of the God of Israel. Yeshua said that the harvest is great, but the laborers are few. Matthew chapter 9, verse 36 through 38 says, And when he saw the multitudes, which is a term for the exiles scattered in the nations, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and they were scattered abroad, exiled in the nations, as sheep without any shepherd, none to gather them. Then said he unto his disciples, The harvest, which is the exiles in the nations, the house of Jacob scattered in the nations of the world, they're plenteous, but the laborers, those who are teaching the restoration of the tabernacle of David through Yeshua the Messiah and teaching them to follow Torah, are few. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers, send the laborers into the harvest. And Sukkot is the festival of ingathering when you gather your harvest from the field. The northern kingdom that walked in darkness saw a great light. In Isaiah chapter 9 verses 1 and 2, it is written, Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation, when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, and afterward he did more grievously afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan, Galilee, the nations. The people that walked in darkness, walking in darkness means not following Torah. So the people here is referring to those who dwelt in this area, which is the northern kingdom, that they saw a great light. This is Yeshua the Messiah. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death, which is the land that your enemies take you into captivity, upon them has light shined. What is the light? It is the Messiah, His redemptive work, repentance of your sins, and following Torah. The work of the Messiah is to gather the exiles of Israel. In John chapter 10, verse 14, he says, I am the good shepherd, and know my sheep, and I have known of mine. Ezekiel 34, verse 11, and verse 13. For thus says the Lord, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. And I will bring them out from the people, and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them, 
them, that's Teachum Torah, upon the mountains of Israel by the rivers and in all the inhabited places of the country. Ephraim is a multitude of people. Genesis chapter 48 verse 14 and verse 19 is written, And Israel stretched out his right hand and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was the younger, and his left hand upon Manasseh's head, guiding his hands wittingly, for Manasseh was the firstborn. His younger brother, that is Ephraim, shall be greater than he, that is Manasseh, and his seed shall become a multitude of nations. So when Yeshua said he saw the multitudes, this is a reference to his people being scattered into the nation. And it says in Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 and 36, Yeshua went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues. What did he teach? Torah. So he's teaching Torah, and he's preaching the gospel of the kingdom. What is the gospel of the kingdom? It's the restoration of the tabernacle of David. It's bringing his people to Zion. That's the good news. The good news is Messiah's got to forgive you of your sins, and he's got to return you back to their land, and bring you to a place above your fathers, and he's got to dwell with his people. That's the good news. And he's healing every sickness and every disease. When his people broke the covenant, they became sick and diseased. Messiah's got to heal the sickness and the disease. When he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they were scattered abroad, exiled as a sheep, having no shepherd. In the book, From Exile to Redemption, Rabbi Schneerson writes that the Messiah will seek the lost sheep. The Midrash relates that when Moses noticed one day that a lamb had run away from the flock and had strayed in the wilderness, he left the flock and ran after it in order to bring it back. And he goes on to say, and since the first Redeemer, referring to Moses, is also the last Redeemer, it is clear that what is true of Moses is likewise true of the Messiah. So if if Moses went out and got the one that went out from the camp, Messiah is going to do that as well. Messiah is going to gather the exiles of Israel. The exiles are a sheep without a shepherd. In Mark chapter 6 verse 34, Yeshua, when he came out, saw much people. And where it says much people, it's the same Greek word that's translated elsewhere as multitude. He saw the multitude and was moved with compassion toward them because they were a sheep not having a shepherd. So he began to teach them many things. The great multitude are said to be diseased. John chapter 6 verse 2, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he had did on them that were diseased. What is the disease? The disease is breaking Torah. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 15 verse 60 and 61. It will come to pass if you will not hearken unto the voice of the Lord your God to observe and to do all his commandments and his statutes which I command you this day, the commandments given at Mount Sinai, that all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. What are the curses? Behold, he will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt which you was afraid of in they will cleave unto you. Also, every sickness and every plague that is not written in the book of this Torah, then will the Lord bring upon you until you be destroyed. So, the consequence of breaking the commandment is the diseases would come upon you. So, when it says that they were diseased, that means that they had broken the commandments. They were not following Torah. Messiah comes to heal that disease. So, breaking the Torah, breaking the commandments, not only brings about disease, but it brings about exile. Deuteronomy 28, verse 49 and verse 64. The Lord will bring a nation against 
reached you from far, from the end of the earth, as swift as an eagle flies, a nation whose tongue you shall not understand. And the Lord will scatter you among all people from one end of the earth, even unto the other, and there you shall serve other gods, which neither you nor your fathers have known, even wood and stone. He will scatter you from one end of the earth, even to the other. That's exile. Messiah's task is to heal the exiles of Israel. Ezekiel 34, verse 11 and verse 16. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, even I, will both search my sheep and seek them out. I will seek that which is lost. I will bring again that which is driven away. I will bind up that which is broken. I will strengthen that which was sick. But I will destroy the fat and the strong, and I will feed them with judgment. So what is the task of the servants of Yeshua? It's to proclaim the gospel message that Yeshua died on the tree to gather the exiles of Israel, which is mentioned in John 11, verses 49 through 52. Number two, it's to teach the house of Jacob to express their faith in Yeshua as the Messiah by following Torah, John chapter 14, verse 15. And thirdly, it's to fish for the exiles of Israel in the nations. Mark chapter 1 verses 16 and 17. Fishing is the word that's described as seeking after the exiles of Israel. In Jeremiah chapter 16 verses 15 and 16 it is written, But the Lord lives that brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he has driven them and I will bring them again into their land that I have given unto the fathers. Behold, I will send for many fishers, says the Lord, and they will fish them. The fishers are going after the exiles of Israel. That is why Yeshua said in Mark chapter 1 verse 17, Come after me, and if you follow me, here's your task. If you're my servant, here's your task. I will make you fishers of men. That is, I will cause you to go out and to fish for the exiles of Israel. In order to accomplish this task, we need to receive power to do it. That power is the power that comes from the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 and verse 8. When they therefore will come together, they ask of him, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel. What's the restoration of the kingdom of Israel? Raising up the tabernacle of David. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 But you will receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. If you're going to be his witnesses, what are you? You are a laborer in the field for the harvest. You will be my witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and under the uttermost parts of the earth. That encompasses the full element and aspect of the scattering of the exiles of Israel. Regathering the exiles is the Great Commission. Matthew chapter 28, verse 18 and through 20. Yeshua came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you. What did he teach them to do? Follow Torah. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Reaping the harvest is the completion of the task. Sukkot is completing the task. Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. In this gospel of the kingdom, what's the gospel of the kingdom? Yeshua is the Messiah. He regathers the exiles of Israel. We need to love him by keeping his commandments, which is following Torah. And you can be forgiven of your sins through Yeshua the Messiah. That's the gospel of the kingdom. It will be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations, and then the end will come. In Revelation chapter 14, verse 6, we see this. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that 
dwell on the earth into every nation and kindred and tongue and people. Now, in Psalm 137, verse 1 and verse 4, it speaks about those who would be weeping for Zion. By the rivers of Babylon, that is, the places where we've been exiled, there we sat down, yea, we wept when we remembered Zion, saying, How shall we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Sukkot is the season of our joy. It's the joy of completing the task. It's the joy of bringing in the harvest. In Leviticus chapter 23, verse 39 and verse 40, we can see that Sukkot is associated with the time of joy or rejoicing. In the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered in the fruit of the land, you shall keep a feast unto the Lord seven days. On the first day shall be a Sabbath, and on the eighth day shall be a Sabbath. And you shall take on the first day the bows of goodly trees, branches of palm trees and bows of thick trees and willows of the brook and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God seven days. Deuteronomy chapter 16 verses 13 through 15 it is written you shall observe the feast of tabernacles seven days after you've gathered in your corn and your wine and you shall rejoice in your feast you and your son and your daughter your manservant your maidservant and the Levite the stranger and the fatherless and the widow that is within your gate. Seven days you shall keep a solemn feast unto the Lord your God in the place which the the Lord shall choose because the Lord your God shall bless you in all your increase and all the works of your hands. Therefore, you shall surely rejoice. So because of the rejoicing that's associated with Sukkot, it's called the season of our joy. Our rejoicing comes when we see the end of the captivity of the exiles of the house of Jacob, which is the returning of the captivity of Zion. Psalm 126, verse 1 and verse 5 and 6. When the Lord turned again the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. They that sow in tears, why are you weeping? For Zion being in exile, Zion departing from Torah. They that sow in tears, if you sow in tears, what are you going to do being a servant of the God of Israel? You're going to fish for the exiles. You're going to go out to bring them back. That if you do that, you will reap in joy. That's a coat. That's the completion of the task. He that goes forth in wheat, bearing precious seed, shall doubtless come again with rejoicing, bringing his sheaves with him. This is the harvest. This is the exiles of Israel returning back into the fold. So this is the completion of the task and in completing the task we will experience the season of our joy. So what have we learned in this session? We have learned that Sukkot is associated with the completing of the task. It's the conclusion of our spiritual journey that the God of Israel brought his people out of Egypt for the purpose of taking them to the promised land and bringing them in the promised land was not complete until they were ruling and reigning under David as a united kingdom from Jerusalem. So that journey is leaving Egypt and going into the promised land which is associated with Zion. Zion is associated with the Messianic era. Zion is associated with the end of the exile of Jacob. Zion is associated with Messiah restoring and regathering redeeming his people from all the nations where they've been scattered. Zion is associated with ruling and reigning with Messiah in the earth. So, and being a part of this purpose by being servants of Yeshua, this is the task that we are called to do, is we are called to weep for Zion and if we weep for Zion, we will reap in joy. Sukkot is known as the season of our joy. Sukkot in the Messiah dwelling 
with his people, which he initially came and tabernacled with them at his first coming, John chapter 1, verse 14. We will see him tabernacling with his people for a thousand years during the Messianic era, and that is the purpose of creation, that the God of Israel wanted to have a house where the house is the house of Jacob, where he would dwell with his people. That is going to be fulfilled through the Messiah and his redemptive work. The ultimate fulfillment of the purpose of creation and Messiah dwelling with his people is in the days of the new heavens and the new earth where the glory of the Messiah will light the new Jerusalem and his bride will be living and dwelling with him for all eternity. Well, that's going to conclude part three of the series on the subject Sukkot, the season of our joy. Shalom in Yeshua the Messiah. Amen. Thank you, Eddie. This is Stephen Morgan, and all of us here at Hebraic Heritage Ministries pray that you have enjoyed today's teaching. If you've been blessed, will you help us to share this message with others? Hebraic Heritage Ministries is supported by your generous financial gifts. In order to help you in your studies and to help us share this message with others, we are offering today the DVD, Yeshua the Lawgiver, for free for a love gift of any amount to the ministry. Hebraic Heritage Ministries also offers a monthly discipleship program. If you are interested in starting a fellowship group in your area, let us know. We would like to help you. Please contact us for more details. Our website is hebroots.org. That's H-E-B-R-O-O-T-S dot O-R-G. We would like to hear from you. Please send us an email. Finally, in order to take advantage of today's free offer, please mention this product offer and please mail your love gift to Hebraic Heritage Ministries, P.O. Box 81, Strasburg, that's S-T-R-A-S-B-U-R-G, Ohio, 44680. Until next time, may Yeshua richly bless you.